<laughs> uh, good morning, and welcome back to another show of your two favorite people. And I told y'all we we're going to become your two favorite people, the two cool dudes. I'm your host, Lawrence Williams, along with my host, Mr. Anthony Johnson. How you doing? Uh, we have another exciting show for you this morning uh, with two special guests to help us discuss suicide awareness and prevention. Um, as, we always want, as we always do when we begin these shows, we want to make sure that our listeners that are listening and watching, like this is not an this is not for us to to create diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, if you are experiencing anything regarding mental health or a he mental health episode, we advise you to contact your doctor or a medical provider um, to to get the needs and services that you need. Um, how's everybody doing? I'm Anthony. Today's programming is brought to you by Lawrence Williams. Health insurance, convenience, choice, counsel, more than just health, located in Gettysburg. AIS junk removal, your local junk hauler, we're on our way. Weaver Accounting Solutions offers bookkeeping, taxes, and payroll services to local businesses and individuals now located on High Street in Gettysburg. Front running construction, and as always, thank you to Community Media of South Central PA for providing us with this opportunity. If you're interested in helping to sponsor our show, you can contact us at Two Cool Dudes, that's the number two, W-O-C-O-O-L-D-U-D-E-S at gmail.com. Contact us, please. Contact us. Um, before we get into discussing what we are here for, suicide awareness and QPR, uh, we're going to talk about our, our month. I guess we've had a we've had a pretty busy month, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, pretty busy month. Uh, we attended QPR training, which you're going to hear more about from our guests here momentarily, um, which was discussing suicide and how to help someone that may be experiencing the signs. Um, but yeah, yeah, the signs, th those kind of things. Uh, we won't go too much into that, right? Because uh, we'll let our so guests some good stuff. Yeah. Um, but I will say uh, it was a small training group, right? It was. Small it was. training group. Um, it was, it was I, intimate, though. I like that. It was definitely intimate, but I feel like courses like that and trainings like that, um, we need to get more people out to. Right. You know what I mean? Because even though it was intimate and it was great information, I think information like that should be provided to a mass of individuals uh -huh. um, because in doing so, we can save so many lives. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Uh, this is the, the numbers, the, uh, the statistics that, that was shared, um, and those, some of those things will be shared with us, with you all um, here in a little bit. Mm -hmm. But just to hear those numbers was crazy. It was staggering. It yeah. definitely was. It was staggering. Um, uh, like I said, John is here today. He's definitely going to hit on some age numbers. But um, one of the ones I just want to mention real quick is it begins at five. Five. Um, so that shows you the dynamic in um, not knowing. <laughs> and not being able to see the signs. And um, in doing so, uh, Lawrence and I were able to um, learn how to, uh, what, see it first? Yeah, see it first. Uh, be able to um, acknowledge it and kind of work through it. Um, I still think it's more training that's needed for the both of us. Um, and But I, I ask that everybody, once this uh, is talked about today, um, that you reach out to them and try to um, attend these trainings because I promise you they help. Yes, absolutely. Um, we also attended a suicide march at the courthouse. Yes. Um, I was actually surprised that there weren't more people there at Indeed. that event either. Again, um, again, same thing. Same thing. Right? We got to get yeah. more people. Out. And that's one thing Lord says when he was like, man, there's not a lot of people here. Um, and now we want to figure out how do we get more people here? Yeah. Um, because, again, we... we I, 
we're going to talk more about it, but I want people to, to, to hear us. This is serious. Serious. And we need to uh, start paying more attention to this um, and, and taking these trainings to help um, those around us because you'd be surprised of um, the, the people that it's happening to. I think Bruce was his name. Bruce, yeah. He said it was the overachievers. Bruce Bartz. And yeah. Bruce Bartz. Shout out to Bruce Bartz. Um, make sure we mention him, yeah. uh, his, his, what's the name as well. Um, but he talked about how it was the overachievers. And it's the people that you would least expect um, to, to attempt suicide. So we, we have to make sure that when these things are around, that we're attending them um, and we're, we're, we're taking the wisdom and the knowledge that's given. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Bartz lost his son, mm -hmm. um, lost his son to suicide. And, yeah. um, and, then, um, and then he created a uh, program mm -hmm. um, based off of that. Bruce, we are hoping, will be on the show next, next month because uh, we're going to do, I'm going to talk about it at the end of the show, but we're going to do a panel. Mm -hmm. um, we have a panel of guests that will be on at the end of the month to, to discuss their experiences with suicide and losing a lost one. Uh, we're looking for three or four guests. We, we have one lined up and we'll talk about her next. Yes. Uh, so we also attended an A-square tandem bike and walk day um, yes. of suicide awareness at the Warrior Stadium. Um, we were disappointed again at in the, the lack, the of, lack of participation of people and the numbers that were there. Um, it was a great event, however, it was a great event. We, uh, we, we spent some time with Tracy Horn uh, Mosher, who lost her son mm -hmm. uh, to suicide earlier in 2003, um, or Under October Raleigh. of 2022, excuse me. Um, and then also a young lady by the name of Destiny, Destiny. who shared her experience of losing her girlfriend to suicide. Uh, but there, I, I would say there was roughly 30, 40 people there, maybe? Roughly. 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 Um, and, and it was disappointing to see like the the, the lack of interest. Interest, indeed. Um, and then we had people mention things to us like we wish we had known, and we posted a we, lot, a lot, a lot of things. A um, lot. That's another thing too. A lot of the events. Um, involved with mental health, suicide prevention, and things like that. Once we become aware of them, we post them on all of our socials. Yes. Um, so if you follow us and you want to know some of the things that are happening in the community, um, just check out our pages. We definitely will post them. Um, and if you need help getting there, we will figure out a way to get you there. Yeah. Um, because we want people to get this training and this wisdom and knowledge um, to help within the community and to help deal with things that's going on within our teenagers and in our adults. Yeah. Um, another event or a thing that we've learned too in um, our experiences over the last month with, with diving into suicide was that Gettysburg has started a Hope Squad peer-to-peer mm -hmm. uh, -peer suicide prevention yes. um, that utilizes a little bit of the QPR training um, and that they go through the training. Um, I can't remember the, the lady's name that spoke about it, but we talked to her yes. also at- She's from Gettysburg High School. Yeah. Yes. Um, we also spoke with her who we would like to have her on the show as a guest mm -hmm. as well to speak on the QPR training with just with the Hope Squad at Gettysburg. Uh, the, the sad thing about the about the Hope Squad is it costs money. It does. And it's uh, another sad thing about it, I think it's only being um, held in Gettysburg, Gettysburg High School. And right I think now. it was somewhere in York, York I believe. Yeah. Um, um, but it did, it, it, again, it costs money. And the question that we had was, um, what can we do as a community to help sponsor or fund this? Um, because if, if this is something that can help save lives, um, we as a community should be behind this. Yes. All the local businesses, um, small businesses, what can we do to get behind this so that we can help uh, uh, kids survive 
Um, these teenagers are dealing with so much uh, just being social, uh, with social media and things of that nature. So how do we get behind this? And these are one of the questions that we were looking into today. Yeah, um, the whole squad is really doing great things. And I believe it is important that we start with the youth. Mm -hmm. um, and I did speak a little bit at there. And that was the one thing that I, that I brought up was, I think it's important that the right. youth get involved early Indeed. Um, to be able to help out their, the, themselves, their peers. Um, and then as they get older, they're able to help out the older population because Indeed. we talked about the youth a little bit here, but during QPR, we learned that the, our senior citizens mm -hmm. are, at, are at the top, top of the line of committing suicide, which, which is mind-boggling. <laughs> mind because you wouldn't it was. think it would, it no. would be the, the senior no. citizens, but it was definitely mind-boggling. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, we've had an interesting month, and, and we, have, we have taken time to really sit down and meet with one another uh, and talk about things and trying to really push uh, the not just suicide and prevention, but you know, we've been talking about mental health, but really push those things forward because mm -hmm. it is something that is dealt with on a day-to-day -day basis and yes. there is no discrimination of age, race, color, right. uh, where you live. It does not discriminate. Um, and our guests will talk about those things a little bit here mm -hmm. um, and you, you'll get some great information. Indeed. Uh, with that said, we're going to take a short, short break to set our guest up on, on Zoom, and we'll be right back um, in about 30 seconds here. So we'll see you shortly. Welcome back. Uh, thank you for that little short break. Uh, going to introduce our guests here that are from Wellspan Health uh, with Phil Haven. Uh, we have John Nillette. Uh, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing his name right. I believe I am. And then Jane Miller. Uh, as I stated, they are from Wellspan Phil Haven. We met John uh, at the QPR training mm -hmm. earlier this month. Uh, he did a phenomenal, phenomenal job of, of, of just his overall knowledge, mm -hmm. his explanation, being able to answer questions. Uh, it was a very, very informative three and a half hours. We probably could have been there a lot longer than that, just to getting the information that, that he has. Um, his partner, Jane, was not there, uh, but however, we were able to get both of them together, which combined, they have over 40 years experience in the mental health field, uh, which you can't get any better than that. Indeed. I think just in this area, right. being able to, to grab some uh, information from them. Um, I'm gonna allow them to introduce themselves a little more formally here. We have, uh, welcome our guests, and they're on Zoom. They're not in studio, but welcome our guests, John Nillette and Jane Miller. Thank you very much thank for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for having us. Uh, can you hear hear me? Okay. Yes, yes. sir. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's it's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I appreciate uh, you guys. First of all, w thank you for what you're doing, mm -hmm. and uh, thank you for having both of us on the show today to to help uh, raise awareness. This is uh, September is Suicide Prevention Month. Mm -hmm. So uh, of all the months, this is the month we really want to kind of raise this issue up and uh, really create more awareness. And, and as you know, uh, you know, we, we kind of run into the same challenge. Uh, we, you know, we're trying to promote this and setting up events and, and, and we get attendance, um, but sometimes it's because of the stigma and some other things that surround this event. It's hard to um, generate a, a lot of interest. I, I, I you know, I, I, it, and when we start talking about some statistics, which we will hear in a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're going to see that th this is this needs to be talked about a whole lot more than we're talking about it now. Uh, but just very briefly, my my background, uh, I've uh, been in mental health for, as you said, 20 years. 
I've been in more of an education role for about seven and a half years, the last seven and a half. Prior to that, I was the director of um, a, a local crisis intervention, uh, county crisis intervention uh, team um, in Lebanon County. And I uh, did that for about three years. And I was a clinician uh, at uh, Wellspan Philhaven, which is a large behavioral health organization in uh, Southern Lebanon County in South Central Pennsylvania. Uh, so I did that for, for a number of years as well uh, when I got into this field. So, uh, you know, you really see what brings people, you know, to crisis, you know, what, what takes them there? What are some of the life events going on? What's going on in their lives? Uh, some of the different mental health diagnoses. So I, I won't elaborate that much, but I'll, I'll kind of throw things over to Jane and she can give her input. Good morning, good morning. And yes, I agree. Thank you, Anthony and Lawrence. Uh, amazing that you're doing this and we so appreciate it. Um, John and I basically followed each other around <laughs> in Philhaven, Wellspan. Um, and prior to my days here in the behavioral health field, I actually was in the music industry, spent most, most of my adult life in the music industry. And um, I will tell you part of what drew me here um, to this field is I had a real traumatic event in my early 20s. And you know, during that time, that period, uh, that capsule time, I did have feelings of, I, I just, I wish I could just go to bed and not wake up. Life just is way, way too hard and way too heavy. And um, I think with that understanding of how that feels, now thankfully I did have people in my life that were very supportive, but uh, you know, I, I know what it's like to be there and um, and feel that kind of desperation. And um, so I'm so thankful that we are doing these trainings and maybe helping people understand what brings people to the place I was in, and then what might be the signs that someone is actually starting to put a plan together um, so that we can perhaps intervene. And But I, I'm gonna say right here, uh, you don't know what you don't know till you know it. And um, QPR, question, persuade, refer, is much like CPR. Um, you jump in, you get breaths and compressions, in this case, hopefully emotional, mental health breaths and compressions. But even when we do CPR, um, we can do it to the best of our ability, but it, it's not a guarantee. Right that you know people are going to survive um and i would say the same applies here but the chance of survival goes up yes and that's what we're leaning into question one indeed well you kind of hit uh jane and my next question that i wanted to <laughs> ask um so you both have extensive careers working in the mental health field um i want to ask what was the drive behind both of you guys' interests and Jane, since you I, I already, guess, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Jane, since you already <laughs> yeah. hit on them a little bit, we can let John yeah, for, go. For me, it was, um, uh, you know, we lost him here. Lost him here. Go ahead, Jane. You yeah, can, Jane. You can go ahead and do yours so we get him back. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I did cover, you know, what kind of drove me here. I actually still work for a crisis department, Lancaster County Crisis, um, because I just, to, to see that connect with someone that, oh my goodness, there is some hope. Maybe there is some hope. Um, I love this acronym, uh, and I'll throw this one at you. Um, H-O-P-E, hang on pain ends and people who are in that place of being suicidal i think that's what they've lost that hope that um things can get better you know it might take a while <laughs> for some people longer than others but things can get better we just um need to give it some time and i think those suicidal thoughts it's almost like you're not seeing the bigger picture right. at that point it's good that you said about the pain ends. I have a reference later on uh, of a quote that, that you guys had during the training that I'll, I'll ask a question regarding that. Uh, I'm going to jump in here and ask, um, like, we want to address what we're here for, talking about the QPR and the awareness. Um, but we, we have, we acknowledge that you both have, and we lost John, and we'll, we'll get him back here. But yeah. we've acknowledged that you both do a lot of different behavioral health training. Um, I believe you shared there's about, I believe there's about in the, uh, slides that you guys sent. I believe there's about seven different topics of trainings that, that you that you guys do. Uh, do you mind sharing a little bit about that and how that influences, um, you know, maybe the, the aspect of suicide prevention? Sure, absolutely. We do a mental health awareness training, which covers some of the different diagnoses that people, some of the more common ones that people might experience, like anxiety, depression, uh, substance use disorder. Um, we do talk a little bit about bipolar disorder, um, and you know, some uh, uh, some of the topics, uh, the disorders have psychosis, so we might touch on that a little bit about what that looks like. Um, we do. Uh, the uh, motivational interviewing training. So that's a training that is uh, aimed at helping people kind of talk to someone in a way that helps them come up with ideas. The person that's in, you know, pain, help them come up with ideas that might work for them. Mm -hmm. um, we uh, also do the mental health first aid, which is a long training, but again, covers different diagnoses and steps to respond to someone that is struggling. Uh, one of the trainings we've been doing a lot is Trauma 101-102, um, and that's from Lakeside Institute. And um, it, it really kind of takes a little bit of a dive into what is trauma, how does it change our brain, and how does it kind of set the stage for things that then might happen as we grow older responses we might have to our world around us as a result of that trauma. And then how can we help you? And you're talking about trauma. I think trauma is, and you mentioned your own share of trauma earlier on. Um, and Anthony and I have shared that we've had some personal traumas in our lives of what we experienced Indeed. growing up as, as, as kids, how that's influenced us. Do you feel like trauma is more of a, a, more of a, a factor that affects individuals mentally than, than anything else, like their trauma, their experiences? 
Um, you know, I, I wouldn't want to say definitively, um, but I will tell you that when doing admissions into the hospital, that's one of the questions we always ask if there's a trauma history. And a good percentage of people would identify that trauma was in their history. And actually, you know, it's in the, the 60% uh, range that, that individuals have experienced some trauma, okay. at least one trauma. Yeah. So I think it's kind of, I, I look at it like I'm going to respond to every person in my life as if maybe there's some trauma back there. You know, so if there's things that that person might be doing behaviorally and, and I don't understand it, or it might even be hurtful, I'm gonna kind of assume maybe there's trauma behind that and give a little grace, right? Okay, it makes sense. It, it definitely does, and so I guess the question I have for that is this. Um, I have a family member who recently um, attempted suicide, okay? Um, and the question that I have is he's actually um, due to be released today. Um, so th the question I would have for you is what are the next steps to take um, with him being released back into our, our home, to the family, um, what is the next step to, to take? Because it was sudden, um, there were no signs there. Um, he's mm. always happy, he's always um, the life of the party. It's just, and it, so when it occurred, it, was, it shook us. Um, so yeah, the, like, what, what are the steps that we do now to make sure that we're addressing it. Um, again, we have the, we took the QPR training, so um, mm -hmm. we do have, I do have uh, a knowledge there, um, but what are the needs immediately from being released until now? Like what, 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 are, what are the needs now? Good question. That is a great question. And you know, the risk stays there for a while. Um, I think most of all to be very, very supportive um, validating, uh, make sure that that person knows you feel no different, you know, about them. Right. Um, and that there's a real um, backbone of support for this individual. Okay. Um, but to not be kind of a helicopter right, indeed. Uh, family member. Indeed. I think that's uh, what I know over them. Yeah, yeah. That's what I feared because. It's yeah. like you want to be there, you want to be attentive. At the same time, you don't want to overshadow either. Um, yeah. So that's why I asked that question because I wanted to know how do we move forward without putting them in that sheltered space, so to speak, but by yeah. also showing them that we're here. So thank you for answering that question. I do appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, and I don't know how uh, what age this person is, but um, you know, I would just make sure that you, that person knows, hey, you're you're there to talk at any time and make sure they have the the resources, the 988 number in their phone and which you can call or text to that number and it puts you in touch. That's a 24/7 puts you in touch with a crisis counselor or the 741741 which is the National Crisis Text Line. I would First of all, make sure that they have those resources readily available okay. and that they have your support. Awesome. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.
Um, Jane, you talk about, I'll go into this one since you just asked that one there. Um, Jane, you talked about in your bio um, mentioning the, the destigmatization, destigmatizing mental health. Um, and our, our, our previous two guests that we've had on talked about that exactly. Um, what do you think um, that we can do as, as a community, as individuals, to help destigmatize, you know, mental health in general? Because anytime anyone thinks of mental health, like, oh, that, that person's crazy, or, and, right. and no one's crazy, it's, it's, as we've already mentioned, trauma affects a lot of us. A lot of us. Uh, but what do you think we can do to help with destigmatizing, you know, mental health in the overall? Well, you know, I applaud you because you're doing it. <laughs> you're, you're, uh, this is a big piece, you know, having uh, conversations like this that, um, that show us that the brain is an organ, you know, it, just like any other organ in the body. Um, and we would never down someone because they're having heart issues or, mm -hmm. you know, they have skin cancer. Or, we would never down someone we need to start talking about this for what it is. Mental health is health. You know, it's that piece of the pie. And actually that brain, that, that you know, a couple pound thing in our head, that controls everything else in our body. So, you know, giving it the respect it deserves and, you know, it, making this a conversation that we can have. It, uh, you know, hey, how's your mental health today? Well, you know, this and this happened. I'm struggling a little bit. And that's okay. It's okay to not be okay. It, it's not okay to carry that burden for a long period of time and feel alone. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like I like the line that you just used. It's it's, it's okay not to be, be okay. okay, and that's something that I've seen Anthony post a lot on on his social media, and that's something that I have stressed to other people, especially when I was involved in teaching. It's okay to not to be okay. Like no one, you, you, it's okay not to be perfect. It's okay not to 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 like want to like go to the gym or do this oh. or do that. It's okay not to be okay. Um, and I think, right. as you were mentioning that, once we have that understanding as people, um, we can help one another out. Like, he's having a bad day. Yo, it's okay that you're not having a great day, exactly. man. It's all right. So exactly. I think and that's important. Absolutely. Exactly. And not be so judgmental. I think the yeah. biggest the problem that we have is people are so judgmental, mm -hmm. um, and they act as if they don't have issues within self or within home. And we, we have to recognize that everybody has a problem. Everyone has flaws, um, and we also need to get out of the, I call it the social media hype, huh, because we compare our lives to social media. Yeah. And what you're seeing within that 15 second to 90 second video, um, after those cameras go on, they have to go back to dealing with normal life. Um, we need Absolutely. to stop focusing on the decoration and the filters and recognize that our life is great um, just because we're able to smile, we're able to um, love, you're able to uh, be around individuals who love you and, and recognize that that's what living is, that's what life is, not a 15 second or 90 second video that you may see on Instagram, so. Oh man, love it, absolutely man. I, you know, I saw that up close and personal when I was in the music industry and you know, on stage looks like one thing. Indeed. Off stage is something so, totally different. Totally different. You know, <laughs> you're living life. You're down there living life. You are. And, uh, you are. And, I, I, like I said, I, I do music as well. And 
you, you hit it right on the nose. When you're performing and the videos mm -hmm. are on, the camera's on, um, mm -hmm. you have to put on this form because you, you're acting. You have to put out this, th this image. But once those cameras go off, my kids need me. My, my, you know what I mean? I still have to go home and put the trash out. I still have to. <laughs> you got to be dad. You know, I still have to be dad. So, I, I, you, oh, man, I mean, I, I hear you. That, 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 that says a lot. You, so I think we need to recognize that as a people, once those cameras go off, that's real life. Who you that's are cool. by yourself, that's life. Yeah. So. Right, and, and you stack life up in one way or another. And while we might find ourselves somewhere else on that spectrum of mental well-being. Yes, ma'am, indeed. Um, when we attended a QPR, and this question was for John, um, and this is. <laughs> and but, I promise I didn't bump him off. <laughs> <laughs> I just messaged him uh, in the email, so I'll see if he, get, if he gets back to, to me okay. here. Um, but this question was for John, but you, you're more than able to answer it because you guys do the training together. Um, it just said when we attended the QPR training a few weeks ago, um, there were staggering statistics regarding suicide. Um, and this is what we talked about prior to the show starting. Um, like, what are. Do you mind just sharing some of those those numbers? Um, I took I even took pictures because I was like, oh my gosh, is, is this crazy? Like, am, am I really seeing this? Um, do you mind sharing some of those numbers? Just um, yeah, go ahead so our viewers can and listeners can can get a feel for that, please. Yeah, absolutely. So as far as mental health concerns. Actually, it's, it's probably more moving up to the one in one in four. It was one in five um, last time. Yeah. in, in yeah. any given year uh, wow. diagnosed with a mental health concern. And, and, and quite frankly, 50% uh, of us over the course of a lifetime will be diagnosed with a mental health concern. Um, and I, I think some of what comes into play as we age and those things get more difficult you know, it, it's not uncommon to experience some depression, you know, with all the losses that take place. But um, so about 50% of us. Now, when it pertains to the loss that we're experiencing in our country to suicide, uh, to, to simplify it, it would be like filling up an airplane with maybe 123 people and that airplane goes down every day. You know, we lose wow. an aircraft every day and all those people that are in it. That's the number of people that we're looking at. Wow. Um, and, you know, when you think about it in those terms, if that were happening, a, a plane going down every day, I'll tell you what our country would be doing. Mm -hmm. We'd be grounding all aircraft until we figured it out. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you said one in four, that's about 25%. 50 of us would be diagnosed. Uh, you mentioned age, um, and this is something that, that Anthony brought up earlier. What age, uh, what age groups are affected the most? And I know, like, I, I mean, I have the numbers here from the training, but I want, you, I want people to hear it from, from you guys. Like, uh, what, what, what group is affected the most, and how does, how does that work? Sure. So what we've seen is this age, this big bulk of, of age range is coming down a little bit. It used to be middle age uh, males where we lost the most you know, people to suicide. It's coming down into the young adult, like uh, 
age range, young adult and early middle age. Uh, but we do lose as well a high number of elderly people. And I think what happens there is um, with attempts, the average is about 25 attempts will lose one person in that 25 people. But as we move up in the elderly um, range, that ratio goes down four to one. So I think that's what's uh, affecting that with our elderly community. And I just think what's happening there is the body can't sustain an attempt. Nah, man. Um, so suicide is considered the 11th leading cause of death? Yes. Oh my gosh. And then um, I have here 15 to 24 year olds are third, mm -hmm. um, that, and that number has tripled since 1950? Yes, well, and with, I think what you're referring to is it's the third leading cause of death for our teenagers. So third, so if those of you that are listening and watching, it's the third leading cause of death in teenagers. Teenagers. Yeah. Third leading cause is suicide mm -hmm. yeah. in teenagers. And yeah, and, and actually it was just outnumbered a little bit by homicide, but the numbers are really, really close. And um, wow. the leading cause of death with our teenagers is accidents, and it's accidents in general. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's mm. phenomenal what, what's happening. And, and the, the piece of this is there's things we can do. Indeed. Like I said earlier on, I mean, it's not a guarantee, but there's things we can do. Yes to try to bring this number down that we're, we're talking about. And, um, you know, I just think with our teenagers, there's a, certainly a greater impulse thing that plays in here, you know? We see more planning as people get older, there's more planning involved with our teenagers. Sometimes there's just this impulsivity, you know? Because um, let's face it, the brain isn't done even you know, growing and forming until we're in our mid-20s, you know? So, you know, we don't have the capacity to, to kind of, we don't have life history either. Right. You know, to compare this pain to. Um, but we can't judge anyone else's pain. Indeed. Indeed. You know, we just can't. Um, uh, age is not a factor. Uh, we mentioned that more teens have committed suicide. Mm -hmm. um, Occupation-based suicide. I, I think people will be shocked to know occupational-based suicide. Can you can you mention yeah. some of that? Oh, sure, sure. And this kind of dispels that um, those things that you hear people say. Oh, you know, they they took the easy way out, or you know, they were weak, or that kind of thing. Actually, we lose such a, a, a large number of people who are first responders, the people we count on, those brave people, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and actually that's one of the components we see with people who, who kind of do move in this direction. Right. You know, there's, you know, what we refer to in the training as the, the suicidal triad. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you, you have someone who maybe uh, is experiencing thwarted belongingness. You know, I can't belong, no one is accepting me. And there's a lot of things that kind of uh, contribute to that. 
Um, but I'll use the example bullying. You know, I, I, I'm being bullied. I'm thinking of a teenager or a younger person. And they won't let me in. I'm ostracized. So that's that kind of thwarted belongingness. And, you know, you put together that with maybe this perceived burdensomeness. People would be better off without me. Um, and again, there's things that can play into that. Okay, so now I'm going to talk about maybe um, one of our veterans um, who was deployed several times, felt they belonged with this group of people. Maybe now, you know, they're back um, and they're trying to navigate life, but everything's changed, right? They're friends, they've moved on. Um, so that thwarted belongingness. What if they were injured and now they need help, right? It's not uncommon for people to start to feel like they're a burden. Um, you know, when they need some caretakers to help them. So you have that thwarted belongingness, perceived burdensomeness, and if this is a combat veteran, I know they have fearlessness, mm -hmm. right? And it's kind of that capability of moving toward danger. And that is actually the piece we're most concerned about. Indeed. That person who can move past their own survival instinct toward danger. That is part of uh, the suicide triad, correct? And you were talking correct. about uh, there's what, there's three tar uh, three parts: yeah. the, um, mm -hmm. the authority, belongingness, um, the perceived, the boredomness, and then the acquired capability of suicide, fearlessness about death. Um, courage mm -hmm. in spite of loss. Um, we'll, we'll come back to that here momentarily. I'll let Anthony, because I've been over here like talking up something. No, um, fine. Go ahead, I'll let you go ahead and... Um, yeah, um, I just wanted to go back when we were talking about the teenagers and I just wanted to uh, hit on it and speak to the parents that's watching the show. It's okay to invade. And, and what I mean by that is it's okay to go through the phones. Um, it's okay to check the book bags. It's okay to check the rooms. Um, it's okay to be interested um, because your, your child might look at that as, oh, you're invading my privacy, you're invading my space, but you're saving lives doing this. Um, because in doing so, you're learning your child. When your child is coming from school, ask your child, how, how was your day? Allow your child to have that space to be able to speak um, and be able to be heard. What I've learned is sometimes you're not always going to like what they're talking about. Um, you're not always going to agree with some of the decisions that they make. But in doing these things and allowing them to have this safe space, you then give them the opportunity to always want to come to you when there's an issue and be able to come to you and be heard. So again, it's okay to invade. Go through those phones, check the rooms, um, ask those questions. Uh, if they're going to a friend's house, meet the parents. No locations, know where your child, if you have phones and you're able to put the location on the phones, they have apps for those things. Put the locations on the phones. This is how we save our children. This is how we also be included within the lives of our children and also deal with depression and mental health. Um, and the social media, if you can do, uh, uh, which we try to do in our home, um, is cut down social media with children. I think it should be limited. I don't think this is a thing that children should be running around all day long on their phones on social media because social media and I don't know the statistics so I cannot speak um, truthfully on this but what from my opinion and understanding is social media plays a major
major part in depression um, and anxiety when it comes to our teenagers because social media is the broad thing now. It's the, it's the new thing now. So let's just make sure we're paying attention to these things. This way we're helping save these lives and take these trainings as well. So I just wanted to hit on that um, mm -hmm. while you were speaking mm -hmm. about the teenagers. So. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. I think social media is kind of like uh, can be compared to the invention of the automobile. Indeed. <laughs> Didn't take us long to realize right. you know, two so. lanes, stop signs, right. seat belt. Yeah. Right, indeed. Mm -hmm. So. Um, before we move on to, to the next topic here, I want to just give some some quick statistics out there to everyone. So going back, it's, it was one in five when we were taking the when we took the course. But now um, Jane has mentioned it's one in four. One in one in twenty five U.S. adults have serious mental illness. Um, there's eleven years between the onset of treatment onset of feeling some kind of mental health to treatment. Mm -hmm. um, and these numbers are from the National Alliance on Mental Health. 60% uh, of the people we, 60% of people have no, know someone who has died by suicide. Um, we mentioned earlier the third leading cause of death in youth, 11th leading cause of death in um, 11th overall leading cause of death. Um, the other numbers I have here are 53% of suicides are committed with a firearm. Males uh, attempt suicide more than females. Age is not a factor, which we already mentioned. We talked about occupation based on suicide. Um, and then I have here also one in five within the family has committed suicide. And again, 60% uh, of us directly know someone who has committed suicide. 60% is a large, large number. Um, and, yeah, and then going back, what, are, what other statistics do you have there? For, um, for every 100K, 14, 0.5% will die from suicide. Um, 48,183 total deaths by suicide in 2021 alone. Crazy numbers. Um, 5.51 uh, every 11 minutes, like he said. Think, plan, attempt, or die. Um, estimated 10 mil adults think about suicide each year. Um, uh, 1.2 uh, million plan a method. Like he said, 11th cause of death for adults, third leading cause for youth, almost tripled since the 1950s, and firearms used in 52.8% of suicides. Um, and before we go back to Jane, mm -hmm. we listened to, I'm not going to mention the individual's right. name, but we listened to someone talk about what it looked like mm -hmm. uh, when they walked up on the individual after yep. they attempted suicide or th th committed suicide. And I yep. think there's correct terminology when, when you share those things. Mm -hmm. um, we were walking and we were listening to this individual and we listened for, for a good 20, 25 minutes without saying a single word. Um, and the description that uh, this individual gave it was vivid Very to vivid. the point of like if I had to paint a picture of it, I could paint a picture with my eyes closed. Mm -hmm. I could see it. I could hear it. We felt it. Like you, like once once this individual had walked away from us, mm -hmm. we both looked at one another, and we kind of we kind of said the same thing. Like, did you like did you I, did you feel that? Yeah, yeah. Exactly what we like, said. We both looked was, at each other and said, "Did you feel that?" And and I'm saying this because talking about the the 53 percent of suicides are with the firearm. It, is, um, and we learned this in QPR training about like what do you do when somebody mentions those kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, but to hear that explanation Indeed. 
and to to for the person to describe yes. that was was like it, it, it made me sick to my stomach, it but did. at the same time, it was like like we really need to like do more. We ha we have to do more, and that, and that's that's that was the biggest thing about this show uh, uh, today. We have to do more. Um, and I'm, I'm at that point, I was just speaking with my wife today, um, this sunrise, and I was telling her, like, we're at that point now that there's no excuse. There's no excuse. Um, it's okay not to be okay, and it's okay to talk about mental health, just as you said, Gene. Um, mental health is health. And if your mind is not working on the proper capacity, the rest of you is not going to work the way it's supposed to. And, yeah. and we need to stop as individuals seeing a person that's going through something and talking down on that person or judging that person when you don't even know what that person may be dealing with at that time. Life is hard for everybody. Everyone. So we need to pay more attention to people that are dealing with things and try to be more receptive to them. Um, and not so, more, so much standoffish. Let's not ostracize an individual due to something we, not may, we may not understand as a, as a person. Let's learn from it and try to, you know, help fix it. Um, before we go back to Jane, uh, again, I want to thank our sponsors, uh, Lawrence Williams Health Insurance, As You Should, Junk Removal, Weavers County Solutions, and Front Runner Constructions, and of course, um, our partners with Community Media of South Central PA. Um, uh, I think the next topic is, is on you for, for Jane here, talking about common disorders. Yes, okay, Jane. So during QPR and training, uh, we learned about most common disorders. Um, I didn't realize that anxiety disorder had multiple offsets. There you go, John. How you doing? Great hey, to have you back. Hey, welcome back. All right. Sorry, guys. No, you're fine. Great to have you back. So, um, like I said, Jane, I'm sorry. During the QPR training, we learned about most common disorders. Um, I didn't realize that anxiety disorder had multiple offsets. Could you uh, elaborate on that a bit? Sure, and, and I don't mind if John, since John hasn't been on, but can I, can I clarify uh, yes, something before we do that? Um, I think I heard that um, you had said more males attempt suicide than females, and actually, it's more, it's more females, females yes, more males actually uh, do it, correct? But um, we lose more males. Okay, yeah, that's, what it, that's, yeah. that's what it was. I'm sorry, I misread my yeah. No, 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 that's okay. Yeah. And, and, and also, Lawrence, you had said something about terminology, and, and I thought, if, if you don't mind, I would, I would speak to that. Yes, please. Get, we're getting away from the committing suicide, yep. saying that uh, committed suicide, more because there's people who will spend their lives uh, mourning that person that they lost. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's really out of compassion for them that we're, we're kind of eliminating that because when you think committed, you think committed a sin, committed a crime. Yes, right. You know, and so we're, we're really kind of leaning into, you know, the, we lost that person to okay. suicide. Gotcha. Um, the person died of suicide. So, um, yeah, so I just thought I'd wrap that piece up. And John, are you okay with John? Yes, taking yeah, absolutely, please, John. Okay. Uh, we'll take it as long as my, my computer will tolerate it. I, I'm not quite sure. I'm having a lot of technical issues today. So if, if, I, if I drop off again, that's my, my apology. But you are in good hands uh, with, with uh, Ms. Miller over here. Uh, now, regarding your question on anxiety, uh, yeah, I always kind of, I think that what you're looking for is anxiety is kind of the umbrella. Mm -hmm. And then under that, there's a lot of different types of anxiety. For, for example, phobias, very common. Right, like fear of the dark, fear of heights, fear of spiders, that sort of thing. 
Uh, a lot of times those are very common, but there's workarounds with those. Mm -hmm. Some of the uh, um, other types of anxiety diagnoses might not be as common, but they can be more, they can cause more disability, um, like uh, generalized anxiety disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, or, um, there's something called agoraphobia, fear of open spaces, um, social anxiety disorder, fear of uh, being in uh, social settings, fear of being judged by others. So there's a lot of different things that fall under anxiety and untreated anxiety a lot of times can lead to depression. And so anxiety and depression often uh, happen together. They, what we say is they co-occur. So, uh, so a lot of times the, the person might be very anxious but also have some symptoms of depression. Uh, or they might be very depressed and have some symptoms of anxiety. So the two, uh, anxiety and depression, a lot of times happen together. Uh, and then a lot of times to combat that, sometimes people will, will start doing things to self-medicate like uh, substance use. They might start uh, drinking alcohol more to kind of self-medicate. So all this stuff kind of gets intertwined together and kind of can lead people down this, this dark path um, that, that sometimes ends uh, in suicide. Um, now with, uh, uh, with, with, with depression, you, not everybody that has, not everybody that dies by suicide has depression or has even a mental health diagnosis, but a lot of folks do. Um, some of the other more common diagnoses that show up with suicide are, are uh, bipolar disorder. Uh, about 25% of all uh, suicide deaths, or uh, somebody that uh, died by suicide had that diagnosis. Uh, schizophrenia also has a fairly high rate, about one in 10 people that um, have that diagnosis die by suicide and of course depression. But um, a lot of times people uh, that, that do go down this path, they, they think about it a while. It's, it's, it's not really always impulsive. A lot of times it's, it's you, you're just in a lot of pain and you're just looking for ways out of the pain. And suicide becomes a way out of that pain. Sounds irrational, right? Um, but the brain is not thinking rationally when, when people start going down this path. So I, I hope that kind of answers your, your question about anxiety. Yes, and then you, you mentioned depression, and I'm trying to make sure that I, I look at my notes right here. Um, so so we, we spoke with, and I'm gonna refrain from utilizing uh, the individual's name. Um, I didn't get it clear if, if we could mention the person by name or not uh, regarding this, but a lot of things that we learned during QPR training, and this is what we talked about too, a lot of things that we learned during QPR training, um, sh this individual showed those signs. Mm -hmm. um, so, but when it was shared with us, this individual was happy individual, mm -hmm. didn't show any other signs outside of like being, being recognized by the, the, the parents. Um, what do you say to those individuals or how does someone like, um, like the parents know that their child may be dealing with anxiety or depression, like what would be the signs? Because I want to stay on the topic of just the common disorders here. Um, what would be the signs that someone could recognize like my, and they mentioned the drugs and um, self-medicating as part of it, but what would be some signs that someone could, could recognize in their child at home? That can get tricky sometimes because um sometimes some of the, the the behaviors that you'd see with a for example a typical adolescent mm -hmm. can, can look sometimes like some mental health uh behaviors so it, it's it, it probably would really require a, a mental health professional to do uh, an accurate diagnosis but i i think just generally speaking um uh, more irritability 
problems with sleep, maybe a change in their appetite, right? So uh, eating more, eating less. And same with sleep, sleeping more, sleeping less. Typically depression shows up with um, uh, low energy. Um, so their, their energy goes down, they lose motivation to do things, uh, things that they used to like to do, th those kind of drop off. So if there's extracurricular activities uh, that the, the youth is involved in, those kind of go out the window, they have no desire to do those anymore. And really just noticing really a, a significant change in their behavior. Um, that's Maybe the first withdrawal, withdrawing, yep. isolating. Yep, yes, and withdraw, withdraw. yep. So those are some of the more common things that I think that tend to show up. but. Uh, again, it, it, I think it would require a mental health professional to make an accurate diagnosis. But if you're seeing some of those things, hey, yeah, maybe there is something going on. Maybe it's worth having the school counselor to, to have a look and uh, just make sure everything's going okay for that, for that youth. There, um, is, there, is there a way that parents at home can... Um... I don't have any children, and, and you've spoken about your daughter. Um, is there any way that there is um, things that parents can do at home to help find out like what their child is, is experiencing, or having those conversations before you even before like even recognition of of signs? Um, and 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 I know like being an educator for a while, we would always have these forms that you would fill out that would ask questions about about the child mm -hmm. are those things that can be done at home for parents to help them with with those things because i think that would be great i mean i've i've filled out hundreds of those on kids um if a parent has access to that kind of sheet at home of questions and being able to send it in and get something right back to them they might be able to recognize some signs you know earlier on than than not yeah i i, I think the best time to have a conversation about uh, how, how your youth or uh, child is doing is, is, you know, is really just checking in with them frequently. And, uh, and even regarding suicide, having a talk with them when, when they're doing relatively well and just saying, hey, look, you're going to go through some things. This is kind of how life rolls. Uh, there's going to be times that, that things are great. And there's going to be times when you just, you know, that things are horrible. Yes. You're going to go through storms in life. And, and when you're going through some of those storms that, that life puts us through, I want you to know that you can count on me if you ever feel really down or, or maybe even feel like you don't wanna live anymore. I want you to come talk to me and I want you to know that I, I can be a resource for you. And if I'm not that person, let's talk about who might be. Mm -hmm. That's a trusted adult mm -hmm. while you're doing okay, mm -hmm. right? So you plant that seed in their head when they're doing okay so that maybe when they're not okay, they're like, yeah, you know what, mom said that, you know, I could come to, so, so it opens that door just a little bit where, where the, the, you know, that youth uh, is hopefully going to feel a little more comfortable coming to talk to them because a lot of times people withdraw and they, they feel maybe shame, guilt, a lot of different emotions um, because of the stigma that surrounds mental health and they don't ask for help until it gets to crisis, uh, crisis situation. And we want to avoid that. We want to get people talking about this right when the signs and symptoms start to show up so that you can avoid having it go to crisis. You know, we, we want to head that off, get them into outpatient treatment. Uh, most mental health can be treated in an outpatient um, arena. Okay. And again, um, as I said earlier, that making sure that they have those resources in their phone, you know, that 988 and the 741741, oh, and reassure them, you know, if you feel you can't come to me and, and you're really struggling with something, 
I want you to know you have my permission to reach out. Please do so. One, one question before we move forward. Um, for the parents that's out there, okay, who have children um, and they feel like they're not fully equipped to deal with um, the extent of the behavior that their child is showing, um, and they're looking into try to get counseling, and counseling is continuing to tell them that, oh, it's not that bad, so it's not so much we can do. Um, what, what would you guys say to those parents who are trying to get their child into um, programs and, and counseling, but they can't, and it's almost too late to where though now crisis is involved, and now they want to you know, do everything that could have been avoided prior to getting the crisis. What, what would you say to those parents who are dealing with this now? I, mean, I guess the reality is that that is a, uh, and can be a barrier uh, to, to treatment is in that there are sometimes are, are wait lists to get in. Um, for psychiatrists, there tends to be much longer waits, but counselors and therapists, there'll they'll probably be a wait, but it t tends to not be as long. A lot of times what happens if it's a medication problem uh, the, the primary care physician or family doctor um, can step in as a Band-Aid until we can get that person in to, to see a, a mental health professional. It's not the best scenario, uh, it's, it, but, but the mental health system is um, it's not a perfect, well-oiled machine. It's, it kind of, it's a little clunky. Um, sometimes it, it functions okay. Sometimes it, it, it gets stuck. Uh, um, and so, there, and this is a frustration that, you know, we've had too, and we're trying to address it uh, um, from, you know, from our perspective at Wellspan, especially in, in York County, um, you know, we have some grant programs that have, uh, there's one, something called the START program, which is designed to um, um, give people access to mental health services quicker. Um, and that's right down, I, I believe, off of George Street uh, so in, in York, York County. So, okay, York County. Those programs are, are kind of sprouting up at, in, in an attempt to address this very issue that we're talking about, to, to try to, you know, give people access to care, mm -hmm. um, because that's been a, kind of a big problem recently. It's called spade a spade. Accessing care can be challenging sometimes. Uh, and, and also, you know, there, you know, there's cost. There's all kinds of other things that can be barriers to treatment. Um, but... Um, you know, the, ideally, the, the, the push is we, we want people to, to try to start accessing that care right when they start seeing signs and symptoms, hopefully to, to avoid um, things rolling down into a, a crisis mode. Um, and can I just say that um, that crisis number isn't just when someone's suicidal. People can call that crisis number if they're struggling. You know, they're beginning to have some sort of dilemma going on. They can call that number and in many counties there's what's called a warm line and it's for people to talk and it's free of charge. So, um, and the crisis department uh, would know that county warm line. So there, there are free services out there for people who are struggling along the way and, and have yet to be able to get into a formal counseling situation. So um, going back to what you both have mentioned um, and about the uh, when you see signs and symptoms, access to care, uh, the number that I read earlier, 11 years between the onset mm -hmm. to treatment. So I think yeah. it's relatively important because that's a great question that you asked about. And then we kind of piggy, like doubled up on that with what can parents do? And then you asked that question as well. Like, so those of you that are listening, 
it is when you recognize the signs, it's the time for you to take action, not wait when you recognize the signs, well, 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 and then you wait. The onset of the behavioral changes it, it, before, I got a bug flying at me, excuse me, um, before there is something is done is 11 years. That puts mm -hmm. that, that, that's a lot of times, just think about the change as individuals, as an adult, mm -hmm. a child, young adult, what changes you go through in an 11 year time period. So those of you that are listening um, and watching, remember when you see the signs, yes. don't wait. Not wait, go and have your child tested, called, whatever it may be to help them yes. start, the, start the talking. Um, Jane mentioned plant the seeds, or Jane and Bajan both mentioned plant the seeds, frequent conversations, letting them know know these things early then later There's and no that shame. way they feel confident and comfortable that when they start feeling a little different than yes. the normal you recognize the signs because you've had that conversation and then they are able to identify the signs because you've had that conversation and then you can start that process earlier than later um, so I think the biggest thing right now just on that topic was we have to be proactive mm -hmm. in our approach with our children to prevent these things from from happening yes um, and I don't want to, I know you guys have to go soon, so I um, want to continue on. Uh, we talked a little bit about suicide-related behaviors. Um, Jane, you touched a little bit on the suicide triad, and, and again, we talked earlier that we would love, we need you both to be back on the show because we can really talk about a lot of things. Um, we mentioned the suicide triad. Uh, I'm going to jump right into... Um, what I had earlier on the cause, and then we'll go into QPR. So I two quotes that I recall um, from the training, John, and my notes are, suicide happens when pain exceeds hope. And Jane, I told you I'll come back to the pain. Um, and people don't want to die by suicide. They just want their pain to end. Um, it was mentioned that there are warning signs, and we talked a little bit about that, but what are they, and what should people at home, parents, grandparents, friends, what should they be looking for um, in regards to those warning signs? Because sometimes these things happen, and no one, is, they're, they're caught off guard. People say, oh, I, didn't, I didn't know, I was caught off guard. So what, what are some warning signs? And you both can chime in, please. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of different things that can show up, uh, you know, giving away a, a, a personal belonging or something that that, that person may value. Um, it, it, it could be a prized possession, but not always. Um, just putting things in order, like for, for a youth, uh, it might be, for an uh, example, that'd be cleaning out their locker at school, um, something like that. Uh, for an adult, uh, you know, it might be something where they're, they're getting, you know, you know, the house and everything cleaned up or they're getting a will together and, uh, in a time that maybe it might not make sense to do so, like if they're going through a divorce and some other things. Um, uh, saying goodbye or just, you know, saying goodbye to people. Or sometimes with youth, you'll see um, them put something up on social media. Might not say that they're going to kill themselves, but it sounds like a goodbye to everybody. Uh, that might be something to look for. Um, sudden uh, uh, lift in mood, like if they've been very sulking, 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 and then all of a sudden the next day you see them and it looks like everything's fine. Uh, sometimes that might be an indicator that they, they've kind of thought through this and, and um, you know, that wish to die has turned into a plan and maybe they've gotten the things needed to um, uh, follow through with that plan and they're thinking, oh my gosh, after tonight, no more pain, right? 
Um, those are some of the ones that come to mind initially. And Jane, you can chime in if there's any I missed. No, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're hitting them, you know, the isolation, maybe not mm. really uh, spending time with people, or even if they are showing up, it's almost like there's an emotional detachment. Um, I think a lot of times people try to emotionally detach. Um, it might be irritability. It's kind of easier to leave a relationship if you're a little teed off at people. And so you might see that irritability to build up kind of like this, okay, I can, I can detach now, I can leave. Um, but John, you know, John hit on some of the things that we will recognize. Um, it might be canceling plans for the future or not making plans. Um, not using terms of endearment, people's names that they, they care about, um, because that pulls on heartstrings. You know, and if I'm highly suicidal and I'm trying to detach, I don't want my heartstrings hold on, right? Um, or talking in past tense, you know, you were a good friend. Well, I am a good friend, right? But for people that are moving in that direction, what we're experiencing right now was then. It was before. So it's trying to help that person kind of bring them back to the present and buy some time. That's what QPR is all about. Yep. Okay, speaking of QPR, since we've mentioned that throughout the show, can you guys just share exactly what that means? Yeah, and Jane, uh, I'll, I'll let you um, handle this because I'm, I'm afraid that my computer is going to uh, self-destruct again. And so if that happens, I don't want it uh, to do so in the, in the middle of an explanation at, out of respect for, for, for uh, these two gentlemen here that graciously had us on their show. Question, persuade, refer. Three pretty simple steps that we can take to step into that place of despair with someone. How do I ask them the questions that need to be asked? Um, what maybe not to say? Um, how to persuade them for in this place and time to not act on that suicide, right? How to persuade them to live. And then who do I refer them to? You know, who is it that will be able um, to take it from here? Just like CPR, step in, give breaths and compressions, and then who do I call? Who do they now go to that will help? Um, so, you know, it's really, um, anyone can learn these steps. Um, just like anyone can really learn CPR, it's it's not a professional that steps in to do CPR. It's really you, it's me. Yeah, and it's not the professional, it's not the psychiatrist that's in there, it's you and me taking those steps. QPR, question, persuade, refer. So question, persuade, and refer. So we, uh, while, while we were at this training, um, I thought that was fantastic. Um, one, what are the things that an individual should not do in the process mm -hmm. of, of going through QPR? Because um, there's a lot of things. Um, 
that I have heard uh, people say that, that you should not say to anyone who is feeling a particular way? So what are those things so, so our listeners get a feel of, like this is what you say and what you should not say um, to, to make sure that they're encouraging an individual the, the right way? Yeah, I always say validate the person first of all, let them know you care. You know, if, if someone is struggling, you know they're struggling, validate them, let them know that, you know, you you really care about their life and you really care about the fact that they're in all this pain. And then I normalize, you know, when people are experiencing these kind of things and, you know, life is challenging like that, you know, sometimes people have thoughts of wishing they no longer had to stay alive. Sometimes people have suicidal thoughts. I'm wondering, are you having any of those kinds of thoughts? Mm -hmm. Are you having any thoughts of suicide? Um, how we don't want to approach this is, um, like if John were the person I'm concerned about, I wouldn't say, hey, John, you're not thinking of a suicide, are you? You know, surely you're not thinking of suicide or mm -hmm. suicide's a dumb idea. You're not thinking of that, are you? Because that's kind of putting pressure on him to relieve me of my concerns and say no. The other um, thing that we steer away from is asking someone if they're having any thoughts of hurting themselves. Because I will tell you, someone who is highly suicidal would not define suicide as something that's gonna hurt them. They would define it as something that's gonna help them. So, you know, in reality, I could ask someone if they're having thoughts of hurting themselves and they could be suicidal and tell me no. They're not having thoughts of hurting themselves. So do you ask so, that question directly then? Like, are you thinking about suicide? Are you thinking about ending your life? Are you thinking about killing yourself? Are you thinking about suicide? <laughs> you know, any, any way you, you say that, it just has to be the direct question. Are you thinking, you know, of ending your life in whatever way you want to say that? Mm -hmm. And then we move into the persuade part. Um, and John did a very good job of, of putting us through a little questions all the way around the room right. uh, of trying to get people to, to do the right things. Uh, so what is the persuade part? I am, I am, I'm sitting here and I am, I've expressed to you, you've asked the questions and I've answered those questions. What is the, the persuade part of, of you talking with someone? And, and I'll let John um, address that. But before we get to the persuade part, there's actually other things we want to know. If that person has confided in us and said that they are suicidal, there's other things we want to find out, um, such as do they have a plan in place? What is their plan? Do they have the means? Um, you know, when were they thinking about it? So there's a lot that we go into with QPR because and John and I will tell you, uh, there were many times we had someone in crisis and the only thing we had on that hospital chart was patient suicidal. We had no further information. And what we always say in our trainings, the, the window of opportunity of finding out what the details are is when someone confides in you, yes. Yeah, and so regarding the persuade part, I, 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 this sometimes this goes very quick. You're trying to persuade them to stay alive. 
you're not trying to fix their problem. Your, your, your job is not to try to fix whatever got them to that point. Your job is to try to persuade them to talk to a mental health professional that can um, gather more information and, and get them the help they, they need. Um, sometimes this goes... Quick. <laughs> sometimes it takes a while. Um, it, and that's the truth. You know, just like, and again, I keep going back to CPR, just like breast and compression. Sometimes, you know, you're, you're doing breast and compressions for a short period of time. Sometimes it takes a while right. and you're, you're in it for the haul, right? So um, that's the persuade. And so then, we're, we're trying to build hope. We're trying to relate. Um, we're uh, thanking that person that they're trusting us with this conversation and um, building connection. And then we jump into the refer part of, of after we get through the questioning and then we persuade and then we have that trust with that individual and they are trusting us um, and then we get to the persuade. What is, what is uh, excuse me, the then we refer. get to the refer. Mm -hmm. So what is the refer part? So the refer is, okay, who is the best now to kind of take over? And what is that person open to? Now, I always say I step into the confident shoes in uh, the persuade and to refer. I, I don't want to ask that person, um, well, are you willing to get some help? Uh, because they could say what? They could say no. So I'm going to step into the confident shoes and I'm going to say, look, we're going to we're going to get some help. You know, I'm I'm here with you. You are not alone in this anymore. We're going to get some help. Would you prefer we call crisis intervention or would you prefer we just go together to the ER and we can talk to somebody? Um, but you don't, you're not alone anymore. So the refer piece is basically, who are we going to have them talk to or who are they gonna be willing to talk to? But I wanna make sure I'm connecting them to help. You used a key word over and over again, and I'm not sure if anyone's picked up on that, that that's listening or watching, but you said we. We, yep. You said we multiple times um, over and over again. Why is that important to say <coughs> we? I think because when people are in a great deal of pain, they feel pretty much alone mm -hmm. in that pain. And um, I want to make sure that this person no longer feels completely alone in the pain that they're in. And because I am willing to walk through this with them. And so it is a we. That's powerful. Good, I'm glad to hear that. Indeed, that's powerful. Um, as we close out, because I know you guys wanted to, to, to time up to 11.15, our last question for you is, are you able to share some resources with our listeners and viewers, please? Absolutely. Um, so we were talking about, you know, recognizing signs and, you know, what can parents do? What can people do to kind of know when this is happening? Um, we do offer trainings um, and they're free of charge. Actually, I can still schedule trainings for on-site in the WellSpan footprint free of charge. And I, I can do that up until the end of this year. From that point on, I'm not sure if there'll be a um, minimal fee, but 
so I can do that. You can reach out to me um, by email, J-M, as in Mary, I-L-L-E-R, 80 at wellspin.org. Um, and we can set up a training for your organization, for um, a civic group, for a church group, whatever it may be, um, for schools. We've been in the school systems um, and uh, thankfully training students because kids tend to talk to other kids before they talk to an adult. So if kids can recognize this, awesome. Um, but we do um, have a list of our trainings on our website, which is www.wellspan.org backslash BH trainings. And you can find a list of the trainings that we do on the website. Some of them are virtual, some of them are in person. Um, but again, those resources that we need to have readily accessible if we're ever talking to someone and they are expressing um, you know um, lack of hope helplessness or suicidal thoughts 988 that is the national uh, suicide prevention lifeline um, you can text that as well and then there's an additional text line, um, the National Crisis Text Line, which is 741741. They both are 24-7, and um, there's a crisis counselor that will be on the other end. If you know your local crisis number, yay. <laughs> because that'll take you right to your local. If, the, if you're talking to somebody in the same county that you live in and you know that crisis number, that would be the number to call. All right. Jane, uh, we want to thank you and John both for coming on yes. to the show uh, this morning. We, we greatly, greatly, sincerely appreciate it. Um, we will look to, we will be in touch because we would love for you guys to come on here and talk a little bit more about some of the, the trainings that you, that you do and some of the other topics on mental health that you, that you guys talk about. Um, I think it's important that we continue sharing these, uh, the sharing the wealth of knowledge that you both have and just the things that people need to know in regards to mental health, uh, just not suicide, but mental health overall because it is a huge, huge thing um, across, the, across the world, not just in America, but across the world. And again, it doesn't discriminate on color. Color, um, age, it does not background, discriminate. Anything. So background, none of that stuff. So thank you and John, and we will be in touch. Um, so we'll sign it off to you, and we will continue on. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, Jane. Absolutely, thank you, John. my pleasure. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. Take care. All right. Recapping the show. Uh, yeah, uh, I think it was amazing. I um, thought it was. I thought it was amazing as well. Good information. Um, and and again, let's. I want to reiterate. Um, definitely the nine eight eight and the seven four one seven four one text lines. Um, let's make sure we're utilizing those. Also, um, let's just you know make sure we're checking in on our people, um, listening, hearing them, uh, and 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 if you can. Join some of these uh, trainings that are available um, that's online. Again, uh, Mrs. Miller, she left her email. Um, so if you guys need it or you didn't hear it, just contact us. Um, and we hope that we, you know, got into a home today and touched somebody. So.
we will definitely share this information online on on our Facebook, Instagram pages, um, and we advise you all. We I don't want to say advise; it's the wrong word to use, but we suggest that you all follow us yes. on Instagram and Facebook to keep up with the things that we are doing and the things that we post. Um, we are looking to do more things in regards to just not mental health, but some mm -hmm. other community things because we learned on um, at the uh, the on Saturday at the uh, the A Square Tandem Bike and Walk um, that that there's a lot of things that out in the community for people that don't have food, food um, yep. clothing, clothing, just all kinds of yep. things. Um, like, and we're, we're going to begin sharing those things with you all. Like and we're, we're, we're working. Yes. And, and, and those of you that do not know, we are definitely highly involved. Mm -hmm. We are not like we are, we are out at these events. We are talking to people. Um, our upcoming show in October, we will have a panel of guests, uh, three to four guests, and it will be less of this and more um, sitting down and being a little more intimate, talking to individuals who have lost loved ones to, um, to suicide. Um, I think it is important that those individuals share their story. Um, I believe it's important that people um, listen to individuals that need to like just to share it. It's uh, again, I go back to the individual we spoke to. Um, I, we spoke we spoke to two individuals in the last couple of weeks. Um, go back to just listening to this individual talk to us yes. about her child mm -hmm. and just life in general, like. Yep. Those those things are important um, to, to for people to be able to share. Yes, I'll let you let you say some things, man. I'm yeah, like he said, man. Just to piggyback off what he said, it's important for those people to share those things, and it's important for uh, people like us and people like you guys, you, our viewers, um, to also listen as well. Um, those those statistics are staggering, um, and we want to do everything we possibly can to try to. Uh, uh, put a hole in those statistics and make it better. We want, um, we, we, we don't want to continue to do this, um, but we also want to continue to bring awareness to, to it. it. Right. So uh, that, that is the biggest thing that we're, that we're focused on right now. And amongst, like, like he said, again, amongst other things in the community, um, we're saying that the community uh, needs help. Um, and we want to help any way possible. Um, so we're leaning on you guys as well as our viewers um, for sponsorships and things like that that may be needed within the community. I think as a community, if we want our community to do well, then we have to come together as a community and make it well. Right. It takes a village. So it takes um, a village. Let's thank our sponsors again before we close out. Uh, Lawrence Williams, uh, Health Insurance, Convenience, Choice, Cancel, More Than Just Health, located in Gettysburg. It's my guy here. He does all kinds of insurance. If you need insurance, if you haven't contacted him already, what are you doing? Um, AI's Junk Remover, your local junk hauler. AI's Junk Remover, we're on our way. 10% um, off for all our new customers, so check us out. Weaver Accounting Solutions offers bookkeeping, taxes, and payroll services to local businesses and individuals. Now located on High Street in Gettysburg. She handles all your tax needs. Check her out. And Front Runner Constructions, those guys make your house look brand new. So check those guys out as well, okay? It's your great uh, work. Um, upcoming show, I mentioned that already uh, so stay tuned to our Facebook Instagram on uh, the upcoming show and a date and time um, 
inquire about future sponsorship. Ooh. So um, again, we have we have made some posts about sponsorships. We, in order for us to continue doing these things, yep. we need some sponsorships to help us. Um, again, it pays for the cameras that you that show our beautiful faces, yep. the microphones, the studio. Um, it allows us to do what it is that we need to do for you all. Yes. Um, we also please follow our social media. Two cool dudes at Instagram and on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, we post on there frequently. Uh, we'll probably take a little hiatus here just to to get some stuff together, move it into October in our transition to uh, to our upcoming shows. And then uh, the other part is we do have some merchandise that we are, I shouldn't say merchandise, let's say merch. Merch. Um, t-shirts. Uh, I think you have seen pictures of myself and, and Anthony in those shirts. They are very nice shirts. So yes. we're going to work on um, getting some, some merchandise out so people can yes. wear them. And, Shout out to Sunny Bones who made the shirt. Yeah, and promote uh, what, what we are what we are doing. Um, before we, we close out, I just want to run over some numbers real quick again, uh, some statistics here. So 53% of suicides are done with a firearm. Um, yes. Females are, females are commit or attempt suicide more than males. Males are, males uh, die more from, from it. Yes. Um, age is not a factor. Uh, teens are now, the teen deaths, third leading cause for teen death. Um, or suicides. Uh, the numbers have tripled since 1950. Mm-hmm. There are 750,000 attempts of suicide in a year. Yeah, yeah. One, one to two million are planned out. Mm-hmm. Um, 10 million actually think about it. Mm-hmm. One in five within a family. 60% of us know someone who has, um, who has died from suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, suicide happens when pain exceeds hope. Uh, people don't want to die by suicide. They just want their pain to end. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, please continue to support what it is that we are doing. Yes. Continue to, to like us on Facebook and Instagram. And as we say, our mission is bigger than us. Our focus is not what they're talking about. Till next time, take care. Mm-hmm.